0: WMQA! Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week, Matt Lazowitz and I are chatting with Jamie Rotante, an editor and writer at Archie Comics, whom you may know from last year's Betty and Veronica Vixen series, in which the girls ran a biker gang. Uh, this year, she's writing another Betty and Veronica series, uh, this one light on leather, but heavy on the pressures that come with being a senior in high school. Uh, We talk about both those titles as well as Jamie's other jobs as a music writer and a mentor, uh, plus a fun little detour into how we go about tackling our respective to-read piles. Uh, Meanwhile, what's going on over at WMQComics.com? Oh, Billy, do we have stuff. Uh, Andrew Magazoo is back, writing about College Humor's new dropout webcomic service. Uh, We wrote about a Philadelphia comic shop that's looking for help paying the bills, which, man, we've gotten a few reminders this year. Comics is a rough business. Um, we're looking ahead to this week's comics and the return of Marvel Comics Presents, which uh, I really want to hear from fans. Like, What is, if you're a long-time reader, what is your favorite Marvel Comics Presents story that is not Weapon X? Uh, that obviously is the easy out. <laughs> it is the free bird of Marvel Comics Presents. But uh, if you do have a pick, let us know. Tweet at us at uh, WMQ Comics. Or uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, because uh, I'm just, I'm really curious. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we've also got reviews up on Young Justice number 1 and Gunning for Hits number 1, uh, which I really enjoyed, and more importantly, our uh, man of the field, Joshua Bermont, uh, really enjoyed. But let's get into the meat of the matter. Here are me and Matt and Jamie. Uh, so you are our first official guest of 2019, so uh, I'll start off by asking, uh, how were your holidays?
1: They were they were very good, very relaxing, which was nice. How are yours?
0: Oh, very
2: good, very good. Can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did as little as possible, which was delightful.
1: Yeah. Same here.
0: <laughs> uh, and I have two kids, so there's no way I could do as little as possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're just rubbing it in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um. We usually like to begin by asking our guests uh, what comics they remember reading when they first got into the medium, either personally or professionally.
1: So for me personally, uh, it was actually Archie. (laughs) That worked out pretty well for me, uh, especially the (laughs) Betty and Veronica comics. Um, I also read a lot of the Barbie comics growing up. (laughs) So uh, those were my two in terms of personal uh, when I started working in comics, um, I know it was a little late to the game, but that was when I was really into, I just read the Watchmen graphic novel. Okay. Which was, uh, well, that was right before I started working in comics. That was what kind of like sort of sparked my interest mm-hmm. in uh, pursuing it as a career. So that was a, a big influence for me.
0: Was there, were there any steps in between uh, Betty and Veronica and Watchmen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, not really. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I grew up with Archie. I grew up with Betty and Veronica. And then for a while, I wasn't following comics as closely. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So then when I kind of got back into it, I sort of, I didn't really know where to start. So I read a lot of like random indie comics from like publishers that don't even exist anymore. Just kind of basically like whatever sort of caught, caught my eye along the way. And then a friend recommended Watchmen. So it was Watchmen, and actually, uh, Watchmen and Sandman were the first two, and then that sort of sparked my interest again.
0: Sandman was also Matt's gateway drug, or one of them.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, I was a, a superhero guy growing up, but I discovered Sandman, and suddenly the the clouds parted, and a whole new world was opened <laughs> for me.
1: It's a game changer.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, So you're writing Betty and Veronica now and uh, the theme of that comic is they're dealing with senior year and the countdown to them possibly, you know, going their separate ways. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, um, you just wrapped another Betty and Veronica series in which they led an all-girl biker gang. So uh, I guess what I'm curious is how do you plan to top the action sequences in this new (laughs) series? (laughs) I
1: I don't think I could top them. Uh, This is an entirely different approach. So... Mm -hmm. For me, Vixens was just an alt-world take, so that existed on its own sort of planet, where uh, this is a more of a return to form for the girls, so you won't see any crazy action scenes. It's going to focus more on the YA aspect of it, but uh, I don't know, maybe I should have them form some sort of, like, cheerleader gang or something. <laughs> maybe, uh... Maybe before graduation day, the whole school is about to explode, and they have to uh, <laughs> save it from from doom.
2: Well, Cheryl Blossom is there, and according to at least one alternate universe, she could be the Antichrist. So... Uh...
1: That's... <laughs> I mean, you know, she could be the Antichrist. Uh, you have a werewolf, you have a vampire so there's a lot of things that could go wrong (laughs) but no this is so (laughs) many zombies um yeah no this is this is a bit more of bridging the gap between sort of classic and the newer riverdale stuff i like to think this is kind of like a happy in between
2: so before we dig into the the current series you're working on i'm just curious where did the the concept for Vixens come from? I, I mean, there have been so, as we were just saying, there've been so many of these sort of alt takes on Archie the past few years, these really high concept ones. I'm curious where this one came from.
1: So uh, that's sort of, born out of a discussion we were having in editorial where because we have so many alt-world takes it's sort of you know where do you go next you know cuz you could do all of the classic movie monsters and we're doing a great job with those but then it's you know what what else can we do so we were just sort of, you know, com- like looking through different pitches and coming up with the different ideas. And I just kind of blurted out like, you know what I would love to see? Something where it's, you know, Betty and Veronica, as like cheerleaders, female friendly by day, but then at night they're in like a gang. And it was, um, it-, it was just sort of kind of a loose idea like that. And that um, sparked the attention of uh, Mike Pellerito, who was um, heading up editorial at the time and for president, and he was just like, That's amazing. Would you want to write something like that? And I was like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then just sort of like fleshing it out from there, it uh became a little more streamlined so that it's okay, it's not just like a random gang walking the streets, they're a motorcycle gang. And it was supposed to have at the start a little bit more of like a 50s influence, but I wanted to bring it into the modern day because it's kind con- kind of cool to have the sort of like rockabilly 50s vibe but I feel like something I really wanted to do was have them deal with a lot of modern issues so it had a little bit of those sensibilities in the style and in the campiness of it but set in the present day and then um, when it was presented to the CEO John Goldwater he loved it which was awesome (laughs) he thought it was a really cool idea
0: Uh, I I did love, uh, you know, Ava Cabrera did a lot of the art throughout the series. And I I love the, the, the fashions and it, you know, it's, it absolutely is that, you know, that rockabilly, uh, you know, throwback look, but uh, you know, the, the, the girls wear it well, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She did a fantastic job with that. She was great with any direction for outfits and then just taking it and going from there.
0: Um, You know, one thing I I joke about is I, I, do, there, there are so many alt takes on Archie now that, you know, I look forward to there one day being that like crisis on infinite Archie's type of. Uh...
1: <laughs> you never know. It could happen one day.
0: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, you've, you've talked in interviews uh, leading up to the new Betty and Veronica series about how senior year can be stressful. Um, yeah. The uh, final order cutoff previews for issue two actually just came out today. And, uh, you know, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. There's just, just one panel, uh, you know, small panel on the page in the second issue where Betty is sitting for her senior year photo and Sandra Lance draws her with, you know, these, these world-weary bags under her eyes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, in your spare time, uh, I know you're part of a, um, a mentoring program for high school girls. Uh, and creative writing, which uh, is awesome. Uh, I'm curious if you feel like some of you know your experience there informs this series in any way.
1: Oh, 100. percent Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge, huge influence on this because I'm the my mentee who I'm working with is a high school senior herself. So I'm sort of in real time reliving it with her and remind being reminded of just you know how stressful, how much fun it can be. But how stressful it can be as well, just sort of managing the day to day. So it's it's um, I don't want to say I'm I'm using her real world <laughs> <laughs> situation to help influence my creative, but it's a good way to remind me instead of just kind of recalling what I went through because it's changed a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see how high school seniors deal with it, but also how they. Um, mm-hmm they make it work, you know, (laughs) Uh, it's, it's stressful. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of emotions and they're just powerhouses through the whole thing. And, you know, you don't really think about that once you're past it, but when you recall just how much you go through at that time, it's, it's a really just crazy time. And we, you know, so many of us get through it and it's just sort of, you know, something you remember when you flip through your yearbook, but then when you actually like think about it, there's, there's a lot going on there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, do you feel like in, in, in listening to, to your mentee and and trying to recreate the, you know, the modern high school experience, do you see a lot of parallels between that and, and what you remember (laughs) from your senior year or has it changed, you know, so, so drastically?
1: Uh, there's definitely a lot of parallels. Um, I think the, the big thing for me is I was (laughs) honestly not, as dedicated as I probably should have been at the time. Um, I'm constantly impressed with just how much she piles onto her plate and how much she does. She does volunteer work. She does extracurriculars and I'm constantly blown away by just how much she commits. And I think I did not do half that much when I was a teenager. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it's because, uh, teens today are forced to do more I think she's just a way more motivated person than I was at that time but um it's when you're really really determined and you really want to stand out because there's so many more people applying to college now you do have to do a lot to make sure your application stands out so I think in that regard there's definitely a difference there
0: um, how, did you, how did you get involved in the mentoring program?
1: Uh, it was just something I found out about a few years ago and I thought it was really interesting. Um, it's an amazing program. It's Girls Right Now, it's based in New York City and um, it just pairs uh, professionals in the writing industry with uh, teenagers from different communities who maybe don't have access to um, just certain programs or, or the right you know, educational tools and we work on different writing projects. I'm actually in the digital program, so it's a mix of writing and digital media, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm learning as I go too, because I'm learning different programs along with my mentee, which is really nice. And yeah, so I found out about it um, just sort of by chance a few years ago. I thought it was really awesome. I applied a few times before I got accepted and uh, I've been doing it for the last two years and I love it. Oh, that's it's great. Really, really amazing amazing uh experience
0: so uh excuse me uh so uh getting back to betty and veronica issue number one opens with betty talking about getting dumped by reggie mantle which is is kind of an unexpected pairing uh i'm I'm curious what made him your pick for uh miss cooper's surprise uh summer fling between junior and senior year
1: um i just really wanted to sort of Take something from a little bit of out of left field. You get bughead on Riverdale, so kind of yeah. going towards that again. I feel like we we've all seen the many stages of that. And then um, I didn't want her to be with Archie because this is supposed to, to some extent, spin a little bit out of what uh, Nick Spencer is currently doing on the Archie series, as well as what Mark Wade did before. Mm-hmm. So there's still definitely that reeling from you know Veronica and Archie, and it's just who who would be the the most like opposite of Betty to have her paired with and that's Reggie and that creates you know a lot of drama because it's something so kind of outrageous for the people in Riverdale to grasp that they didn't even tell anyone about it and I just feel like there's a lot of fun there because it it allows me to sort of bring Reggie to a little bit more of a human level um, than he is on a lot of the other series and uh, I kind of like sort of taking him and making him a little more three-dimensional we saw that in uh, Reggie and Me, which was by Tom mm-hmm. DeFalco with art by Sandy Jarrell. Okay. And I really liked uh, seeing a version of him where you get to know a little bit more about him as opposed to just, you know, being the bad guy. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of letting me do that a little bit more here, too.
0: I Actually, I was a, I was a fan of Reggie and Me, uh, specific... Well, I, both because it was a good story and also because I, I have two dachshunds myself, and so... Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was very concerned about Vader <laughs> between oh, issues.
1: It it got really tense. I, when I was reading the scripts when they'd come in, I was like, "Oh my god, please please let this be a happy ending." <laughs> Which one thing I can't deal with it. it's it's anything happening to dogs. So <laughs> so as you can imagine, I've had some hard times with uh, afterlife and check the hunger. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: No, <yeah>, absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> those are those are some gut-wrenching moments.
2: Hot dog, (laughs) R.I.P.
1: Poor hot dog. You can't catch your (laughs) break.
0: You, you mentioned you know wanting to bring out a different side of, of Reggie, and you definitely see that in the uh, in the first issue, of kind of moving forward. I am curious, uh, you know, being inside the Archie office and, and a part of editorial, uh, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the effect the success of the Riverdale TV show has has had on the comics in the last you know two or three years.
1: It's definitely something we notice, especially at conventions where people can make the direct connection between the show and the comics. Um, We have people come to the booth and it's really amazing because there's a lot of people who had no exposure to Archie before and now are looking through our whole back catalog, which is awesome. And then a lot of people who have been reminded of their, you know, fun times as kids reading it and then wanting to catch up and wanting to see everything else we've been doing. So it's really cool. And it's awesome to see that moment of sort of parents coming with either teens or younger kids who are like, mom, look, you know, we love Riverdale. And then having the parents realize like, Oh my God, this is Archie. This is, you know, I read this when I was a kid. Of course I want you reading this too. Um, It's definitely felt a lot in that sense, which is really awesome.
2: I got to give you, all over there credit my uh last christmas my wife's assistant at work apparently was saying something casual in the office about um his crush on cole Sprouse, and oh on riverdale yeah my husband watches that she said really and he was so excited (laughs) to have someone to talk to because he didn't know anyone else who did and had never read a comic in his life so i went out and got a you know Rated some dollar bins and got some random, you know, recent Archies, and he was so excited. And now I think oh, he's reading awesome. them somewhat regularly now. So it was like,
1: oh, that's well, fantastic,
2: bringing someone else into the the hobby. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, and it's a great. Just as you know, we were talking about gateway drugs before. It's a great <laughs> way to sort of like oh you like this here's the riverdale comics you like those here's 75 years worth of, <laughs> of comics to uh to dive into
2: <laughs> i just finished reading a collection one of the little they're a little bigger than the digest size uh, archie americanas of best of the 80s and the 90s yeah. just for the hell of it and it was i remember a couple of those stories like i'm pretty sure i read this sitting in the orthodontist <laughs> for my braces to be tightened this story, i know this i
1: i love working on those too because i have those moments a lot where i'm like yeah i remember this on a car drive home from the supermarket and i remember this <laughs> over the summer reading this it's awesome
0: um speaking of cole sprouse uh you know talking about sort of the riverdale effect um one thing that stands out to me as someone who's been reading for the past couple of years you know i kind of jumped on on there with the the mark Wave fiona staples uh reboot Mm -hmm. is you know and it's amazing to me how hot jughead has gotten like, like like, absolutely you know Fiona staples made all those kids beautiful because that's that's what she does that's how she yeah, yeah. she can't not <laughs> but i feel like cole sprouse has definitely made it okay for there to be a jughead out there who can get it and i was thinking about how in issue 700 marguerite savage draws him she he's got like major guns he's just <laughs> there like chowing down on hamburgers like pelting Archie with questions and like all I can look at is his biceps <laughs> and it just, it reminds me of how, uh, and, and I it reminds me of of what Marvel's done with Aunt May over the years across media how right. she's gone from like the forever frail uh, septuagenarian <laughs> to Marissa Tomei <laughs>
1: um <laughs> I feel like, uh there's a lot of jokehead fans who are happy to have that because I feel like they felt that way about him even prior to <laughs> the handsome makeovers. now they feel justified in all of those years of, <laughs> of being attracted to him just for his character. Um, I think also with Marguerite similar to Fiona is she just can't she can't draw characters not being absolutely beautiful. Um, she's that amazing style and I think like, it's just natural for her to draw these sort of flawless men and women, <laughs> um, but it is definitely interesting to see that sort of uh, beautification of Jughead over the years, um, while still having the same sort of personality and approach to everything as he always has. Absolutely. And I don't think it was a—it was necessarily a, a conscious effort on her part. I think that's just sort of how it happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a, it's a wonderful default setting.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> um, like any good piece of teen media, uh, life in Riverdale tends to revolve mostly around five specific teenagers. Uh, given the option and the druthers, uh, which of Archie's uh, other classmates would you elevate to kind of the gang's sixth, sixth beetle?
1: Um... So when you say core five, you're saying Archie, Betty, Jughead, Veronica, Reggie. Yes. A yeah. right? uh, Cheryl Blossom. Though I think it's safe to argue that Cheryl's already kind of up there. Uh, she's one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cheryl Cheryl goes way up there for me. Also, Tony. Tony's a mm-hmm. lot of fun as a character. I love writing scenes for Tony. She's just just something about the way she talks and her approach to life. She's one of my favorites. Uh, those are two, uh, maybe Choni together. <laughs> 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 definitely. Uh, I would definitely elevate them, um, but those are, those are just for my personal, uh, preferences because those are two of my favorites.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, actually, Tony is one of my favorites also. And I think she was a secret mm-hmm. weapon in the, uh, earlier, uh, Wade and, uh, Flynn run. Yes, Absolutely. You know, and I kind of like that she had, like, this little role for a little bit as, like, Dilton's wingman,
2: or wingwoman, excuse me. <laughs> oh. see, see, <laughs> see, there's my sixth right there. I love Dilton. Dilton. I've always loved Dilton. Oh, yeah. I, I have a soft spot for Dilton from the wonderfully absurd Archie's Weird Mysteries yes. of the late it's... 90s. Oh. Yeah,
1: he played a big role in that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He had, a, he had a big role in Van Veronica too.
1: Uh, yes, just a bit of yes. he's he's definitely cropping up more in the comics. Oh. He's he's uh, he's earning his way up there. <laughs> he's he's making his way up the ladder.
0: <laughs> well, you know it's 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 good. It's always good to have that like deep bench of like supporting cast and like ancillary characters that you can kind of move in and out as you know the plot calls for them.
1: Absolutely, and we have so, so many. We haven't even scratched the surface of how many we have. Uh, When I was working on Vixens, I was doing that a lot. Even if it was just a minor character, I was trying to make sure every character we had was somebody that was featured, even if it was only for, like, one issue in the past. So uh, that's why Evelyn played a big part. And then uh, even just, like, random background character names were all characters who came at some point before. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I know. I, I mean, know you had um, you had Ethel and Midge in the gang, and now you're they're also kind of they've got their roles to play in in the new Betty and Veronica series too.
2: Yes.
1: So, yeah, they're uh, you're going to see a little bit more of them as the series goes on too, because I really wanted it to focus on a lot of the female characters, mm-hmm. so uh the focus on this is squarely on Betty and Veronica so I couldn't I couldn't spend as much time with each one like I was able to with Vixens where it was more about a group collective but that doesn't mean that they're getting you know sort of left behind here they definitely have storylines that are going to progress as the series goes on
0: and it's a it's a five-issue series correct
1: yes cool
0: um so people who know you for your comics work uh, may not know that you are uh, big into the, uh, the New York punk scene, which is, which is awesome. Um, I'm curious how often you get to go to shows.
1: Not nearly as often as I would like to. <laughs> uh, I wish I was more tapped into it. I always tend to find out about shows right after they've either sold out or after they've happened. Uh, I used to be way more up on them. That's actually a, uh, a resolution I have for 2019 is to try and tend to at least double the amount of shows I have in the past. <laughs> um, but my my husband's a musician and he's played in the, the local scene for years. So it's definitely a big part of my life.
0: That's awesome. What What is your what, what would you say is your average show count in a year?
1: Ugh. <laughs> Again, it's it's significantly tapered off unfortunately yeah um <laughs>
0: life
2: finds I, a way <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i know that's that's something i'm definitely trying to get better at even if it means just like you know going to random like shows i hear about every now and then uh, i want to say it's like once a month but it's been way less than that the last few years
0: <laughs> um do you, do you remember your first ba- basement show going to your first basement show?
1: oh yeah of course <laughs> that's a that's a staple <laughs> in, in, when in, talking about any local punk scene <laughs> um
0: i was i i you know i was going through some of your 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 portfolio and prep for the show and there was one uh, i think it was for the hard times but it was talking about <laughs> uh a, a surprise show by asbestos
1: <laughs> yep Asbestos headlines basement show. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, early on when the head time the hard times was first starting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just something that popped into my head, and I was like, "Man, that's a really dumb but kind of funny concept. Let's see if they'll go for it." And they did. So,
0: I no, I I, I loved it, especially because it was like, well, we knew we were getting lead paint, but then asbestos, <laughs> came out. I, just, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was a lot of fun to write.
0: Um, Do you find a lot of intersection, uh, you know, in between the two circles, music and comics, or do do you feel like they are very kind of compartmentalized worlds uh, within your life?
1: No, there's definitely a lot of intersection. Um, I've noticed a lot of the circles I follow definitely overlap. I think there's something, um, well, there's something very inherently punk rock about comics and making comics so it's it's not surprising to see that so many people in the punk scene either are comics creators themselves or just huge comic fans so definitely a lot of overlap there
0: Uh, and according to another piece i read a lot of them are barbers
1: (laughs) (laughs) apparently so (laughs) (laughs) um
0: do you, do you have, you know, are you the kind of person that keeps kind of like uh, top five lists either for, for bands or for shows that you've been to?
1: Oh boy. Uh, I used to be, I used to uh, constantly do top fives actually uh, for Razor Kick, which I write for a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Every month they have people do top five lists. I it's by choice. So I haven't done it in a while, but that's something that I used to do a lot. And then, as time went on, I realized a lot of those like top fives that I was so set on changed. (laughs) So like, I used to be much more like, these are the top five albums. They're steadfast. They're definitely always going to be these five. And then the older I get, I'm like, Oh, maybe that falls to six or seven. (laughs)
0: Um, You know, one, one thing I'll say for myself as I've, as I've gotten older is, you know, I used to be, you know, I used to be like huge into music and, you know, I bought, I bought a, a lifetime subscription to Rolling Stone in 2003 <laughs> that I'm still getting, <laughs> that, that it's going to be with me until 2053 when I'm, like, I'm in my seventies. So. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think since, since physical media has kind of gone away, I really haven't I, you know and I don't know if this is just a product of age or a product of, of you know just my own kind of personal palette but you know it's it's kind of it's it's really nice to talk to people who are still into it and still have that passion I have this one friend who you know up, up until I would say like a couple of years ago would like constantly try and talk to me about like music or like what new bands are you into <laughs> and then he realized no I've completely like I've I've lost track I've <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: no i i definitely know how that goes i'm i'm sort of in that boat myself now where whenever it's like oh what new bands are you into it's like i (laughs) there's bands that are new to me but they may not be new to the world (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i'll find new bands where it's like oh this is awesome but you know they've been around for years i'm just only getting around to knowing them now (laughs) Uh,
0: so only so many hours in a day
1: (laughs) oh yeah absolutely
0: um what are you What are you reading right now? Either uh, you know comics or or, or otherwise.
1: Um, in terms of uh, comics, mm-hmm. a new one I've been reading a lot is Impossible Incorporated, which is a lot of fun. Um, Mike Cavallaro does the art on that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe. Let me just. Yeah, that's a J.M. uh writes it. And that's a great duo. I like when they work together. So I'm excited to read that again. Uh, Paper Girls has been one. I love Paper Girls. Um, Great book. Yeah, (laughs) that's a that's a big favorite of mine. Uh, Kim and Kim is awesome. Mm -hmm. Eva Carrera. Uh, And then in terms of non-comics, I'm reading this book of essays now. It's called Eats of Eden. Uh, and it's um, this author's personal essays all about things sort of related to different food and recipes but how they like correlate with different parts of her life it's good I enjoy it uh, also reading um, Chris Gethard's new book oh okay you know, yeah uh, big fan of his so uh, very excited to read Lou's well
0: that's awesome uh, Paper Girls are you ready for that to uh, be over this year <clears throat>
1: I, I mean, it's such an amazing series, and they constantly top themselves that I, I just don't know how they could, <laughs> <laughs> like, just to see how this is going to get wrapped up. But um, I'm excited. Sad, but excited.
0: Certainly. I am, unfortunately, I'm way behind on Paper Girls. I have the, the second trade is sitting on the shelf above me. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, sad, sad and lonely, sad and lonely. Uh, waiting, waiting to be read, but unfortunately I've got like a huge, uh, kind of backlog of, uh, trades, but, uh, I am, I, I, you know, not that I'm, I'm trying to rush Vaughn on, on anything, but, you know, I am, I'm more up to date on Saga and, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, by the time I actually read the last trade, he'll be ready to come back from that, uh, hiatus. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) Um, Yes, saga I have to catch up on. I was keeping up with that for a very long time, but I've fallen off with that, so that's my I also have a very, very huge to read pile because even if I've fallen behind, I'm still buying all the graphic novels. And yeah. I have um <laughs> I have a certain set of like drawers underneath my desk for like That's literally dedicated to like, these are the comics you have to read next. And then once I finish them, I take them out of there (laughs) and it's getting to a point where I can't close it anymore because I just keep buying and buying and not making the time to read. So it's another thing I'm trying to get better with this year.
0: It's a good system though, organization wise.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the few things I'm organized with.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, one of the things I, I got for Christmas was the Jack Kirby's Fourth World Omnibus. So now I have this like massive oh, wow. slab of, of comic <laughs> That's a, yeah. begging to be read.
2: <laughs> That's the, the one volume? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, because I, I mean, I have it in the four volumes and I'm just about done with volume two. I've got an issue and a half left and then I'll start Volume 3 while also reading my new books and making my way through the Bendis-Miles Morales stuff. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I really should try to just focus on one thing, but that never happens.
0: Guys, the struggle I've... is real.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a discussion I was just having, which is just, is it absolutely insane to try and read multiple things at once? Does it make more sense to do one at a time? Because I do one... But then I'm like, but I also want this. And then if I try to wait until I'm done, chances are by the time I'm done with whatever I'm reading now, something else is going to catch my eye and cut me off from reading that other thing. Ooh. So I'm like, is it crazy to read multiple things at once? To which most people have told me it's not. So I think there's something to that. <laughs> I,
2: I always have at least, discounting the the weekly stack, which right. is its own thing. I usually have two graphic novels going and a book and one graphic novel is always in something light and fun in all ages which is the last thing i read before bed as sort of Mm. a mental palate cleanser oh that's smart yeah i'm right now the third volume of jeffrey brown's lucy and andy neanderthal he does these great all ages he did um some uh, star wars stuff that was delightful he oh, did is he the a darth book...
0: vader and sun guy
2: yes he's a okay, darth okay. vader and sun guy and he did um I, I think i um he did right now he just it was a three-part somewhat scientifically accurate picture of a neanderthal family meeting a human family i mean they he all is. speak english but the, he has, like, scientists popping up and explaining the actual science that he researched to make the book work. But it's really mm. just a, a family, you know, two families meeting and integrating story. Just oh, it happens. Cool. Yeah, it just happens to be the Ice Age and one family <laughs> Um, And then his next book begins his next series, which is my teacher is a robot. (laughs) So just
1: a lot of like all ages fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He did a great book. Um, I want. I can't remember. The, I want to say the title was "Kids Say the Weirdest Things" or "Kids Are Weird," mm-hmm. where he just t- took these little moments with his son and illustrated them out. Things between him and his son, his wife and his son, are just things he saw his son, who's probably about four or five at the time, did. Oh. And there's one that just these. He, he's the the son is, uh, licking a multicolored. Uh, ice cream pop and some other kid walks up and goes, Oh, what does that taste like? And there's a panel that's a beat and then the sun goes, close. It tastes like <laughs> an <enclosed."> <laughs> <laughs> and It's like, Yeah, that's a Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm gonna have to check
1: that out.
2: Yeah, he, he's it's 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 a lot of fun. But that that is my current mental palate cleanser before bed.
1: That's a good call. I should start doing that.
2: As someone whose mind is constantly racing and often going <laughs> off in directions I don't want it to be going off in right before bed to to lead to all sorts of dreams that I really would rather not be having, um, that, that was a system to sort of clear my mind before, to, to prevent the, uh, what's the, I would count myself a king of infinite space bound in a nutshell, save that I have bad dreams. <laughs> I, I work in the theater cred right there.
1: <laughs> well, I could definitely relate to that. So I think the idea of having just sort of something to cleanse the palate is a very, very smart idea.
0: Um, this, <laughs> this started with uh, reading multiple things at once. <laughs> I'm tra- I'm, tra- I'm sorry. I'm just trying to collect my own train of thought. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've never... I don't think I've ever read two trades at once. You know, I, I think that the trade is the, the, you know, usually the, the, the the graphic novels are the things I try to sneak in between, you know, like weekly reading, you know, single issues. And then, you know, whatever, I guess reading I have to do for, for, you know, work projects for my day job. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think based on that, you know, at least, you know, like when I go to the beach or whatever, you know, I, I guess if, if, if comics were eating, I'm that guy who, like, eats all the main course and then eats all the vegetable and then eats all the starch, if that makes sense.
1: Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, uh, uh Jamie, this has been uh, a lot of fun. Um, I, as we, uh, wrap, we always kind of close with the same question. How can people follow you online? If you in fact wish to be followed?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at that's Jamitha. That's J A M I T H A. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Jamie Lee Rotante. And my website is net. Um, that's,
0: that's, uh, fantastic and um you know uh, if you're if you're into uh music writing people should also check out razor cake.
1: Yes, sure absolutely. Razor cake is amazing. Uh they're a DIY nonprofit zine it has been going on for years. Uh, I can't recommend them enough. And they were just uh a question on jeopardy last week, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, it's cool. a it's a pretty big moment. <laughs>
0: Uh, when you say when you say they're a nonprofit, uh, you know, what, what, what are they, I I guess, what are they, what is, what are they benefiting?
1: Um, just the DIY culture in general. Um, so they're nonprofit in that it's not a magazine that has like a traditional, you know, publishing structure with an office. They're very much, uh, distribution based. Mm -hmm. If you know them, you can get space, you can give them out. Um, it's all very much, uh, based on the DIY culture of the punk rock movement, Um, which is very cool. They hold lots of cool events and stuff. Those are all based on the West Coast, so I unfortunately usually don't get to go to any of those. Um, But it's really cool. Um, A few, not the most recent issue, but before that, uh, I was featured in it because it was a whole um, interview series with different people about mental health. Um, So they're doing some really cool work.
0: That's great. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun.
0: That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQA on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Monday mornings. You can support WMQA and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes and the ability to promote your work on our site, and $2 gets you a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Finally, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, and we'll see you next time. W